0: Welcome to the Wraparound Love Podcast, where you will hear the very difficult stories behind why people make the choices that they do. As we share these stories, you will be inspired by how the love of God transformed each person's life when individual Christians chose to consistently engage by simply being someone who gave what we call wraparound love. Thank you for joining us for the next episode of Wraparound Love. And today is the day that we have been waiting for. Today is the day that we begin to hear the story of Barbara's transformation through Jesus. And Jesus begins this with a whopper. By a whopper, I mean an amazing miracle because Barbara ultimately becomes the first person in the state of Nebraska to have her rights as a parent fully restored after they were terminated. So we look forward to sharing this story with you, and we would love to hear your thoughts on Barbara's journey. So please do put your comments in our Facebook page and our Instagram page, or you can write a review or do a rating on iTunes because we are on there now as well. But we love to hear how her story is impacting people. So, eventually you lost your rights completely. Yeah. Was that the point where you were ready to turn your life around? Or was that just like, the pain is too much, I'm just going to keep? Well, they
1: they filed for termination of parental rights. And I found out that I was pregnant. Was that with Caleb? No, Caleb had been born. And I had Caleb, they let me keep Caleb. And then the kids came home, and then they took Caleb, the kids and Caleb. So all of six of them were in foster care. Then while they were in foster care, I ended up just going through a lot. I lost, lost my house, car. I was beat up, assaulted, all kind of stuff. And normally back then, I was the one that was beating up people. So then I was hanging at this place over off of 48th and Ames. And I ended up seeing this guy He says to me, hey, what's your name? I'm in a dark place because I know that all six of my kids are in foster care and they've been in and out of foster care for I don't know how long and I'm never going to get them back. And um, this guy says to me, hey, what's your name? And I'm like, Barbara, why? yeah some guys was looking for you and they said they was looking for their girlfriend Barbara I said well I don't have a boyfriend but if they come back tell them I'm in apartment six so he started talking to me and he said that when he reads his bible and praise he sees my face and I'm like oh my god I really got a sucker now he's a fool he gave me his cell phone and said he was gonna call me when he got off and I'm like well I need some money <laughs> He gave me some money. I mean, it was just the strangest meeting of this person. And eventually uh, he called me. Um, I think I ran through so much of his money in 15 years and he's still here. I think he's still a
0: little crazy. (laughs) So that person was Perry, your husband, who is not your husband. So we're going to hear more about that. So you were pregnant with Gracie then. Yeah. So you, your rights are terminated.
1: Yeah. My rights get terminated and I'm pregnant with Gracie and, um, They file for rights and they tell me, if you relinquish your rights and you stay clean and sober and married to your husband, we'll let you keep the baby you have. But these children, you've taken them through too much and they'll be better off with someone else. And at that point, I had to make the decision on would they be better off with somebody else? And had I took my kids through too much and I prayed and normally things would happen so that I could get my kids back. But it just wasn't happening that way. And God was telling me to let go.
0: And were you still using
1: at this point? Mm-mm. God was telling me to let go. And I'm like, "What?" So I I relinquished. I told them that I was. And that you were using? That no that I was going to relinquish. Okay. And I think the court by the now by that time it started messing with my mind and I got weak and I used for a couple more months and then eventually I got clean while I was pregnant with Grace and I really started praying and tapping into God, and He, He, I'm, I'm like, okay, now, Lord, I'm back, and I'm, I'm gonna do right. So I know you're not gonna take my kids. I, I know that I'm gonna be able to get them back. So what do I do? And God was just like, you need to let go. So I had to go to court in January of '07, and I had to go on record, and I had to say in front of a judge and a reporter lady that. It was better for my children to be with someone else than with me. And I did it, and oh, it was so heartbreaking. But I accepted it. Then I, it was kind of like, Lord, now what do I do? What do I name this child? All my other kids' names start with a C because I was a gang member and it was this C for Crips, and what do I do? And he gave me the name Grace. And I'm like, I do not know any black people named Grace. I'm not going to name my child Grace. And I just knew that God wanted me to name her Grace. And if I didn't, that I was going to mess up something if I didn't. So by the time I had her, she was 11 pounds, 8 ounces. And the name that God gave me was Grace Ann For her first name. And mercy for her middle name. And in Omaha, Nebraska, if you lose your rights to your children, every child that you have, they take them. They take that child, but they didn't take grace. God's grace and mercy gave me another chance to be a parent. He gave me grace in the flesh. He gave me grace in the flesh. She's been grace all her life. All her life. And I had her and eventually the state comes back to me and they say to me, we want to try something with you. We want to see if you want to pioneer this program. And I'm like, what type of program? You know, I have my daughter there, you know, you have my other children. There's no reason for you to even be bothering me.
0: And at this point you've turned your life around. Yes. You I'm are married. not using, your nope. married. So before you say what happened, let me ask this. What was your thought life like knowing that your kids were somewhere else and that at that time you never thought you would be able to see them again for sure as well, kids? I would,
1: I would see them because they were living with the lady who daycare they went to. And I didn't trust anyone else for daycare, so I sent Grace to that daycare when I started
0: going so to So you would see your kids... Every day you went to daycare. What was that like?
1: It was hell because it seemed like the lady would, she would tell my kids to sit down on the floor and they wanted a hug from me and she wouldn't let us hug. Um, she would say, say hi to your mama and that's it. And she would tell me, these are my kids now. It would just be so tormenting, but I still would go there. I still took my baby there. And I was kind of satisfied that I at least could see them. But they was suffering. My children were suffering. And,
0: and were they all in the same homes or were they separated they too? They in the same home. Okay. Except for my older two. My older two was with
1: other people. But Janisha, Charles, and Jay and Caleb, they were all with the same person. And I would pray to God and I would ask. I would say to God, I have a life now. I have a husband. I have a house. And my husband goes to work. Why are my children paying the consequence for my mistakes? They're suffering. Why? Help them. Help them, Lord. I don't know what to do, how to do, but help them. I even called a lady and asked her, what she think about becoming my kid's foster parent and getting them away from this people that they were with? And the lady told me that she would get back to me in a week. And during that week, that's when the state came to me. And I'm like, what do you want? You know, what is it that you want? They said that the lady who had my children would not be able to adopt them. And no one probably would take my children because of all that they had been through and how damaged they were. And they wanted to try to give my children back to me. And I'm like, how can you? I don't have any rights. And they told me that they would make me their foster parent. What in the world? And I called the lady who I asked, would she keep my kids? And she said, that's why I didn't give you an answer, because God told me he had, He was doing something. So I ended up telling the lady, yes, I would do it. And they went through and they expunged my record. They took off the child abuse and child neglect, and they made me foster parent of my children.
0: This is one of the things I love about your story, because that is God in a nutshell. He tells you to let them go. Let them go. And you were, you did it. You are the first person in the state of Nebraska, as I understand it, to been able to legally, so did you adopt your kids back? Yes.
1: So at this time, I was I was nervous. Um, it was my older two boys had already had guardianship. Somebody had guardianship. Two different people had guardianship with them, and they weren't interested in coming back because they were older and they were like, "We've been on this merry-go-round with mom. We're we're not doing this." But Chanisha, Charles, Caleb, and Chalisha, at that point, they wanted us. Well, when it came down to it, Charles said. No, I don't want to go back Um, and I'm keeping Caleb with me. So he was scared. He didn't trust it and he was young and he didn't, he didn't want to come back. But Cheneesha and Chalisha, they did, but they were also scared, but they would rather be home with me than in the predicament that they were in. So I told the caseworker lady that so many times I would get all my kids back and then they all go back into foster care. That I never really was a parent to anybody sober but this newborn baby, Gray Sand. And I don't know how to parent no one else. Even though I got all these kids, I don't know how to be their mom. So I need help. and I don't, And I can't take all of them back. And they were like, well, Charles doesn't want to come back anyway. So it'll just be the girls. So we go and they said, but we got to sell the judge on this. Judge Christopher Kelly in juvenile court. We have to see if he's going to do it. The thing about Judge Kelly is that when I would mess up or I miss a visit or anything and he would ask me why, I would just tell him the truth. I was using or I did this or I did, you know, I just tell him the truth. So he said that and he said, you know, I, I believe that you, you're going to try this and you're going to give it your rest. And so I'm going to, I'm going to try this. So here I am, the foster parent of my two daughters, my two biological daughters, I'm their foster parent and they're at home and I'm sitting at home looking at them like, oh my God, but I didn't realize how damaged they were. They were damaged.
0: Yep. And I think we see a lot of that now with them as adults. Okay, so what year did you start being their foster mom? It was 2009. And then when did you get to adopt them? 2010. March wow. March of
1: 2010.
0: So I started probably a year or two after that is when, when I got to know you. And, and May 9th. So March... Of 2010 is
1: when I adopted the girls back. Two weeks later, Charles and Caleb moved home. And their adoption was final in May. Now, the thing was, is that I couldn't receive any benefits for them. They went to give me foster care benefits. The computer would say, beep, she's their biological parent. So when they tried to give me biological parent benefits, it would say, beep, she's their foster parent. So they kept playing this game and I couldn't get Medicaid, anything with them. So I sought out an attorney. I called down to the state of Nebraska and I said, I want to appeal this decision. And they're like, well, you can't appeal it. I said, yes, I can. (laughs) And so eventually they gave me a court date. And when I went to the court date, I had this attorney with me. And so the people from the state of Nebraska walked in and they said, well, we didn't know you were bringing an attorney. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. They postponed it. Then Charles started asking to come home. And so I told them I wanted to bring Charles home. So the state settled out with me and they gave me a year worth of foster care payments for Chalisha and Chanesha. But I could not... Ask for adoption subsidy, which means when you adopt a kid, you get a monthly stipend for those kids. So you get your kids back, but you we're going to give you the back foster care payment, but you don't get the adoption subsidy. And don't you dare ask for any money for Charles and Caleb. We'll switch it around in the system so you'll be able to get Medicaid and stuff, but don't you ask for anything else. I was like, I'm getting about four dollars or $5,000. I'm getting all my children back permanently. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. And so um, the adoption of Charles and Caleb was final on May 9th, which is my birthday,
0: 2011. Wow. It's uh, like just the giant smile on your face as you talked about that you're getting all of your kids back. Yeah. That's still just, I think... One of the greatest aspects of your story and your kids. Yeah, it's, it was great. It was awesome. But
1: I'll tell you that you would think that flowers and rainbows would pop out from that. And the work had just had begun. Issues had just hit the surface. Because remember, these are children who were kept in a house by their mom or their mom used drugs They were in foster care, kept in a basement by a woman where her grandchildren treated them one way, her other children treated them another way. My children have not had a chance.
0: I think you and I both share this eternal hope and optimism that it will turn around for them. And for me, as I've said, knowing your kids... In that window of time as I did. I feel like I have seen their hearts, who they are, how they love. And I just can't give up hope for them to have the life that you now have. You know, another reason why I
1: want to do this podcast is because. I hope there's somebody out there. Is listening and that they they have some children and they're struggling and they know I knew that I was struggling, I knew that I needed help. And um, if somebody knows somebody that is struggling, that their children need help if you're taking care. Of someone else's children. Those children need to be treated extra. They need extra love. Extra hugs. They are If they don't have their mom or their dad, they are in this world alone. Yeah, they may be at your house. Even if you're their aunt. There's, but they are in this world alone. And you are supposed to be a better place for them. The people who had my children. Back then, my name was Barbara Martin. And there's several people. There's somebody who was my friend that I grew up with. Um, There was somebody who I dated their brother. There's daycare provider. All of them had my children and if they search within their self they will know if they contribute to the pain that my children had or if they helped it and I don't hold anything against anyone because had I took care of my own children they wouldn't have got the chance but people who are taking care of other people's children now you take care of them right I go to a daycare sometimes and I'll see there was this white lady and she would bring this little black boy to daycare every day. He always had a haircut. He was clean. He loved her. He didn't see she was white and he was black. He saw that she was taking care of him. I thanked her all the time i would tell her thank you so much for taking care of him and she said oh it's my pleasure but i thanked her because my kids didn't get that so if you can reach out and you can take care of somebody else's child you are heaven sent and you deserve a thank you but if you have somebody else's child in your house and you are treating your children better i just, you, you got to get yourself together because you are no better than me, the mother who neglected them.
0: So it's just a lot of pain, but there's a lot of hope. I know you have not given up on your children the same way that you did not give up on yourself. Okay. And I think we'll close when we're thinking about that wraparound love and talking about foster care. That is like the epitome <sighs> of what wraparound love can be. And what I hope, if you're listening today and you've ever had that compulsion from the Lord or in your heart about doing foster care, that that's something that you really pray about. It, there's, a, there's a lot of things to consider when taking that step. But after hearing Barbara's story, to think about how you could be someone who provides that wraparound love for, as she said, kids who are alone. I mean, just, I've never heard it that blatantly, but at the end of the day, I guess that's what they are. And so if you're someone who can love a child who is really damaged, traumatized, and you can show them that wraparound love, I just ask that you You really consider that seriously. Is this something that you're being called to do? And I know a lot of people who have done it and they have been so blessed by the experience. And yep, there are challenges and hurts and lots of things that go with it. But to love a child who is alone and to know that you could be the person that's called to show a child Love and safety, and honor them and consistency. What a gift to this world. And when that doesn't happen for kids, it's tragic. So we just put that challenge out today. And it's not something to consider lightly for sure. So, Barbara, I want to thank you. I know this was a hard one. We're going to talk more next time about the details of when you met and married that crazy man named Perry and had that beautiful daughter, Grace Ann, and met Pastor Pat and Pastor Bruce. So the next episode is really going to be about your life turning around. It's going to be inspiring. And I guess I just want to close by saying I don't know that people really believe that people can change. And I really do. And that's one of the things that I love about your story. And I I really don't know that people can change without God.
1: You cannot change without God. And then when you, you can also get complacent in God. And when you get complacent, you will fall and you have to get yourself back up. Yeah. And you have to look to the hills from which comes your help.
0: So we'll see you on with the story of hope and redemption and really people that came around and loved you in really unconventional ways. All right. Thanks, Barbara.
1: Thanks, Denise.